Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sex Positive Podcast. I don't know if y'all can hear it in my voice, but I am so excited to make this episode. So it is Friday. Happy Friday, y'all. If this is your first time joining me, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm so happy you're here. I am celebrating the start to kick off the weekend by doing something completely different. I've never done this before, but I wanted to make a podcast and I was kind of just feeling uninspired by any topic I could think of. And if you know me by now, my podcast is the most vulnerable shit I've ever heard. Um, I like to keep it raw. I like to keep it real. I like to let y'all know I am right there with you on this healing journey, struggling, taking five steps forward and sometimes 11 steps back. So I don't filter anything here. I am full naked and I just had this idea as I'm working on my manuscript for my fourth book to do a poetry reading because I've had three books published. I'm working on my fourth, trying to get it published with a traditional publisher and trying to get a book deal because that's always been a dream of mine. And I think life is too damn short to do something so unfulfilling for me personally. Um, I want to make my dreams come true. I have all these accomplishments that I'm working towards. And the realest real of my heart is my poems, my writings. So I wanted to know what you think. I think my poems are fucking awesome, if I do say so myself. Uh, I don't have many, many things that I'm great at in this life. However, writing for me has been an immense part of my healing journey, transforming and transmuting my trauma. I've done it through my writing, through finding my voice, through speaking my truth, and Publishing my books has been tremendously um, healing for me. It's brought me so much closure that sometimes you can't get closure from others. So I found to get closure through honoring my own voice and sharing my story. So I'm going to be reading poems from my newest book that is coming out in 2022, Love is Insanity. And most of these are prose poems and I, if I get good feedback from this, if y'all love this, then I will happily make more of these episodes where it's kind of just like about me and me sharing a part of myself with you. And I really hope that it resonates with you, that you can honor it and sit with it. And hopefully if you enjoy my poetry, you can check out my books. And for October, every purchase in October, 50% of book sales are going to Long Island Against Domestic Violence, which is a domestic violence shelter that I myself have went to when I was safely leaving my abusive relationship. And for September, I am sending 20% of all purchases to the National Suicide Prevention uh, Center because it is Suicide Awareness Month, also a month that is very, very near and dear to my heart. And a majority of my poems, if you've never checked it out, um, are written about mental health, written about my struggle with relationships, and written about just finding myself again. Because when it comes down to it, when we are in a toxic or unhealthy relationship, whether that be with others or ourselves, we tend to abandon ourselves and lose a part of ourselves. And I've found my way back to my heart through my writing. 
So this book is dedicated to all of the times I did not get what I wanted because for you, I am most grateful. And the preface of this book is that the places where we find the deepest hurting is also the places where we find the deepest healing. So the first section of this book is called Hurting um, because I wanted to, the way that my books are written and composed, especially my first book that came out in 2019, Trauma, Tears, and Triumph. The first section is dedicated to the trauma, right? To the hard part, uh, the relationship that I was in that I'm so grateful that I got out of safely. It was a relationship where I almost lost my life and I struggled immensely. And the second part of the book, Tears, was the breakup. Ugh, it was rough. It was it was so rough. And I think that a misconception and a common myth about relationships is that it's only hard when you're in it. And then when you leave or you get out of it, that it's up from there. But it was definitely not all rainbows and butterflies. Um, I did end up getting back together with my abusive ex and it just set me on a tailspin. I struggled with a very bad depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, eating disorder, self-harm and panic attacks during this time. And then on the bright side, I wanted to end the book on a high note. So that was the triumph. And it was really just about celebrating myself, learning to love ourselves when someone isn't in a place to give us the love that we deserve. Sometimes we offer people love and we give them our entire heart and they just aren't ready or willing to receive it. So Trauma, Tears, and Triumph, my baby, I published Trauma, Tears, and Triumph, Volume 2, a year later. And then in the beginning of 2021, I launched my first ebook because I did not have enough money <laughs> to compose a real written book. Because if you are a poet or you are an author out there, um, you have your own self-publishing journey. I'd love for you to share it with me and tell you, um, tell me, and I can tell you some tips and tricks that I found useful. But an ebook was a lot less expensive than a regular book. And my goal for my fourth book, Love is Insanity, I would love to get it uh, a book deal with a traditional publishing company. The publishing company I've had my eye on for so long. I discovered in 2015 when I found Rupi Kaur and um, her amazing book, Milk and Honey. R.H. Sin, Amanda Lovelace, so many talented, amazing poets, and I've been wanting to get published with them since. So I'm trying to <laughs> do what I can on my end and then manifest it at the same time, know that all is well, everything's working out for me, and all will unfold in a timely manner. But for my fourth book, I'm really trying to get my book into bookstores, um, get it recognized because I do think that it could help just so many people the way that books before me have helped in my own recovery process. So my third book, Chasing Boys, my favorite book, honestly, it was a really fun book. I think it's less than 100 pages, really simple, easy read. You can find it on Amazon or eBay, I believe. I'm also going to link everything in the show notes. Now, I'm sorry for like self-promoting myself, but I just want to tell you a little bit about myself with writing and my journey and where my poetry has led me. So I started writing when... 
I was about six years old or five. I wrote my first book, Amanda and Mike, and it was a love story. And growing up in an abusive household with a chronically ill parent, I've found that my writing was really one of the only things that kept my head above water. As someone that's highly sensitive, empathic, and introverted, and someone that has dealt with a lot of mental health issues, writing was really my only relief. It was the only way I felt like I was heard, especially growing up. I never felt like I was heard or seen. But with my writing, I kind of escaped to my own imaginary world where I felt safe and I felt hopeful and I felt like life could be better. So I've always had diaries. I've always had journals, uh, trauma, tears and triumph. Some of that is, I'd say, a decent amount of the book, maybe 50% is my own journal entries going through that time. And let's get into the poetry reading. I just kind of wanted to give you a preface, a little background info. So I'm so excited to read some excerpts from Love is Insanity. I already have a fifth book idea in the works that I'm really excited. And hopefully um, I've noticed myself growing as an author, uh, the way that my writing has developed and changed. And I'm, I'm really excited and I'm proud of myself for it. It's always been a gift that I've naturally been given. So I'm really thankful for that talent, that creative artist in me. And um, I never run out of ideas for poems, right? It's so interesting um, when I'm feeling the most emotionally charged, whether that be good or bad, just these thoughts come to me. I could be walking and I have an inspiration for a piece. So yeah, I'm really thankful that you've listened this far. We're going to skip ahead and then I'll just recap and summarize at the end. All right, let's get into it, shall we? All right, so if there is a brief pause in between each poem, it's because I'm scrolling, so bear with me. This first piece is called Fear Versus Love. It took five years, but finally I realized I was never in love with you. I was simply afraid of you. I'm not just in love with him. I'm not afraid of him either. It makes all of the difference. This next piece, Masterpiece slash Chasing Boys 2. But I wouldn't take back any of the boys I've chased and failed to catch because in the process, I've managed to make a lot of magical fucking art. Not to mention, I found you along the way. With him, never again. My greatest fear used to be that I would never find someone who made me feel the same way you did. Today, my greatest fear is that I will. My greatest blessing, I will never feel that way again with him. You haven't lived. Have you ever been in love? My doe eyes whispered. I can't say that I have, he answered innocently. Oh, sweet boy, I laughed. If you haven't had your heart broken, you haven't lived. Sober. Leaving you was me getting sober. Ode to my ex. I like this one. I'm sorry for all the times I made you feel a little less special, a little less important than you would have liked. It's not that I didn't care about you, more that I didn't care about us. It's not that you didn't have the ability to be loved, but that I didn't have the ability to love you. And for that, I apologize. I'm thankful for the time we spent together. And I'm also thankful for the time we spent apart. You were a good guy, just not good for me. Some people are meant to be together, not stay together. This next one, another love. 
You're probably right. You may never find a love like that again. Just because some loves are sparse doesn't mean they're better or worse. Yes, some loves are scarce, but that doesn't make them good. It doesn't make your new love mediocre. It just makes them, well, different. Maybe our love was rare, but so is a good man. Not like the movies. This one's important. Real love isn't like the movies. I know I found the right person, and yet it's not all sunshine and rainbows. True love takes work and commitment. It takes dedication and sometimes sacrifice. It could be hard. It can be grueling. There are times you may want to throw in the towel. You have to show up, even on days that, let's be real, you don't want to. Love will cause you to open in all of the places you've closed down. It will show you who you are and lead you to where you are meant to be. So baby girl, love is not like the movies, but I will tell you this, my dear, it is so worth it. Love should be simple, not easy. Love that one. (laughs) I wish I'd read that when I was 21 years old. I choose you. Do you think it's possible for two people to love each other the rest of their lives? I think love is choosing the same person over and over again each day, he says. Is that a yes or a no, I say. I guess there's only one way to find out. I choose you. Sepsis. If you keep letting the wound of them fester, eventually you will get infected. Choose to heal, darling. Loving you was septic to my soul. Self-inflicted pain. For too long, you've learned to associate pain with love. So if there is no pain, you are convinced there is no love either. Stop denying yourself love. Ugh. To all my young people out there. Septic. I never believed in magic, and then there was you. I guess you could call me a believer. Brand new. My heart was left in a thrift store, worn and torn, overused, left to rot on an empty shelf. Everything about me tattered and frayed, my edges dismantled. I've always been a little broken, a little messy. Nothing about me quite makes sense, except you. He picked me up, dusted me off, and loved me back to life. Tongue-tied. I've always been a hopeless romantic with a pen in hand, spilling ink onto the pages at the drop of a hat. But when it came to him, I've never been more at a loss for words. I'm a poet, and I motherfucking know it. (laughs) Proceed with caution. Last night, I had a dream about you. In it, you proclaimed you've changed. But I suspected you were just as vicious. Beware of anyone who says they're different. If they were, they wouldn't have to tell you. Because if they were not the same, they would take the time to show you. Words are simply empty promises. devil on my shoulder. 
I told my therapist being with him was like eating chocolate cake. It was tempting and forbidden, satiating my craving, but not without consequences. Then I told her being with you was like eating vegetables, not as mouthwatering nor tantalizing and sometimes boring. Still, I knew it was best in the long run. That's why I I can't understand why I have doubts when everything about you is good for me. So yes, I'm afraid things won't work out. Not because I don't love you, but because of how much more I love dysfunction. I told you loving me was a bad idea. Good guy, bad guy. I remember he would always tell me what a great guy he was. And I couldn't help but wonder, who was he trying to convince? Me or himself? If you're so good, show me. Don't tell me. You all think you're such good guys. First aid. I didn't know how dark my heart was until he turned on the light. He's the first aid to the wounds you inflicted. Blind spot. Sometimes I think about what would happen if you tried to waltz your way back into my life with those sinister eyes and seductive smile coming out of nowhere like a blind spot. And I wonder if you still tell yourself I'm crazy and that you hate me. Because I know you're roused by the tension of luring me back in. But I don't care because then I realize you don't even know me anymore. I'm not sure what would be worse, you having changed or staying the same. Break me, baby. Have you ever been so broken that you can't help but break everything? and everyone around you too. Sometimes I fear I might destroy you. If you can't tell by now, this book is written about me trying to learn how to be in a healthy relationship again after being in a series of very abusive, dysfunctional relationships. (laughs) That's kind of the theme here. This next one's called Secondhand Smoke. Though I still can't tell if you intentionally or unintentionally poisoned me, Because you didn't seem dangerous at first, yet I had to learn the hard way you were in fact deadly. Loving you only maimed me. You're in headlights. It almost doesn't feel real sometimes how I used to run back to you time and time again like a masochist, eager for you to fuck me over, and it wouldn't fail the way I ate up all of your lies, hungry for dismay. I believed what I wanted to, but the truth had to come out sooner or later. I hate that I swore you were the one. This next section of the book is called Hoping. Rubber band. You said I hurt you so bad, you wouldn't make it through the night. Yet you moved on before the sun could even come up. You snapped back like a rubber band. Aftertaste. 
I like this one. It's it's pretty quirky. You called yourself a man. But all I ever got was a scared little boy. And you swore you'd never leave. But all you left was a bad taste in my mouth. Now that you're gone, I've never been the same since you left. I'm better. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this one's called Give and Take. You've given me the greatest lessons and the worst heartache. 2016. That was a rough year, y'all. That seems to be the collective theme. Salvation. I was a refugee, suffocating as he held me down, blistered and muzzled, beating me into silence. I was freed when you baptized me with the hands I now call home. Your lips make the swelling go down. Side note here, y'all. Relationships are often the places where we find the deepest wounding, where we've been hurt the most. But at the same time, relationships really are where we have the greatest opportunity to heal, my love. So if you are in the midst of something fucked up and you just want to throw in the towel and give up, I'm really begging you, please don't. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on love. Okay? Let's continue. The undoing. He asks for my permission before undressing me. Consensual lovemaking is healing. The demon dialogues. The devil doesn't live in my hell. Ooh, no. The devil doesn't live in hell. (laughs) He lives in my head. The devil doesn't live in hell. He lives in my head. Amen, sister. Anyone that has mental health issues can probably relate to that one. Unconvinced. My head knows I'm better without you. My heart, she doesn't want to hear it. The bad ones. She's got a good boy, but still wants the bad one. Disillusioned. Zero running on empty. From the start, I gave you 100%, yet you wouldn't even meet me halfway. Then when you thought you were going to lose me, when it appeared I was slipping from your grasp, only then you would give me your all. But by then, I had nothing left to give. Push and pull. So my first book, Trauma, Tears, and Triumph, is really about overcoming narcissistic abuse, and that one kind of goes hand in hand. So if you've ever dated a narcissist, you are so fucking strong. I have to just take a moment and say that was by far the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in my entire life. The next section of the book is called Happy. Half-hearted promises. You promised you'd love me forever, but now you love somebody else. I promised I'd wait for you forever. Years later, I'm left paying the price defeated. Friendly fire. Some days I just feel broken, not better. True. It's all, it's all a process. Feelings not linear. May I remind you? 
engulfed. What was once weightless is now the heaviest burden I've yet to carry. I feel dead with or without you. Hypomania. I can scream, laugh, cry, and smile all at the same time. And with that, because we are on our halfway mark, I'm going to pause this recording and end my poetry reading. Perhaps I will do a second one reading the second half of the book. I would really love that. So let me know what you think. Let me know, do you love poetry? Do you love writing? Do you love reading poetry? What are some of your recommendations and favorite books? I'd really love to hear. You can find me on Instagram at Sex positive podcast. I'm not currently active on my personal Instagram account at this time. I do not do well with social media due to self-comparison problems. So you can find me on there. I'll also link my Amazon book page and my personal website if you want to check out some of my books. I hope you enjoyed this. This was really fun for me. I love poetry so much. I actually went to a poetry night reading uh, once about a month ago, and then um, I started teaching yoga the same night, same time. So I unfortunately haven't been able to go, but I love my fellow poetry community. Poets are such deep, deep souls, and I just fucking love it. So hopefully this brought some solace to you if you needed to hear any of these words. I know I did as a self-reminder. So again, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate the support. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend, like, or rate, subscribe. And I'm sending you all of my love going into this weekend. We're going to kill it. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.